For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Welcome back to Believe in Colts. I'm Lawrence Owen. With me, as usual, is my guy, Gerard Powers. Gerard, today we have a great special guest, someone who has been covering the Indianapolis Colts for quite some time now. Um, before we bring him in real quick, how was uh, how was your week, man? It was good. The weekend was good. Uh, I was in Atlanta. Um, kids had basketball tournaments there, so it was another you know week of traveling with sports, but you know, the week was good. You know, can't complain at all. What about yourself? Oh, not too shabby. Been sitting here uh, looking for reports for the rookie minicamp. Um, but with our special guest today, we get first eye action uh, about what happened there. And speaking of that, let's go ahead and bring him in. We got Mike Chapel. What's going on, Mike? How are you doing this beautiful Monday morning? When I get to this point in life, I say I'm above ground. So it's it's a good day anytime you're up above walking around. And I, I have been doing this for a long time, long enough that I covered Gerard. So that, that, <laughs> that tells you how long I've been around because he's been out of football a long time. <laughs> a long time. And uh, just, just looking back on that, it makes me feel kind of old. But I've always appreciated the work that you've done, man, and uh, how you go about your reporting and everything. And uh, – I still remember my first days with the media uh, when I got the Indian, just how comfortable you guys just made me feel. So uh, I, I want to always show that same report back to you. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, including updated odds on the NBA and NHL playoffs, Major League Baseball fights, and even next season's NFL futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all your wagering needs, including live betting on your favorite Vegas casino games and poker games. It's super easy to get started, so head over to the website today or use your mobile device to join and use our promo code BELIEVE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Uh, appreciate you joining us today, man, to get us a little inside look up at uh, what's going down in rookie camp. And I guess just jumping right in it, my first question would be out of the rookies, uh, so far of what you've seen and what you've heard, what player do you think is going to have the most impactful role uh, or opportunity to take advantage of this season? 
probably because of the way the roster is built in the offseason, it's sort of the obvious ones. Alec Pierce, the receiver out of Cincy, because the receiver room is it still needs help, I think. But he should step in and, and, and go side by side with Michael Pittman. And Jelani Woods, I'm telling you, he's six seven and he's a specimen. And we've seen tape of him, and he can get down the field. He makes catches, tough catches, yards after the catch, runs through people. So I, I think those two guys really have a chance to do something early. Uh, the, one of the third-round picks, uh, Bernhard Raymond, Raymond, it's hard to know. They're going to let him work at left tackle and compete with, with uh, Matt Pryor, but they believe Matt Pryor can handle it. And if that's the case, maybe Raymond goes to right guard. So it's it's always hard to tell from rookie minicamp because you've it's just the rookies and you know you don't have any vets any second year players so the quarterbacks are sort of iffy on getting the ball where it needs to be and all that but at least no one you said boy what they get this guy for so at least you kind of saw what you expected and i think that's what you come out of the rookie minicamp seeing is these guys initially are who they we thought they were was there any um, undrafted free agents or late round picks that might have turned a, a few heads while you were there? They've got a, a, another position that is open on depth is running back. Of course, they've got Taylor and Hines. You know, they're as good as it gets for a tandem. They brought in uh, Deshaun Downing as, as a tryout, but they signed Max Borgi and. Uh, Devontae Price, and C.J. Verdell, a kid from Oregon that's coming off a pretty serious or significant ankle injury. I think there's a spot at running back, at the third running back for one of those guys to emerge. Deion Jackson is a returning number three, who, and that's not to d- disparage him, but I think there's a spot at number three running back because you're looking for depth. That neat guy needs to be a special teams player. That's probably an area to where there's going to be pretty stiff competition behind Taylor and Hines. You talked about Alec Pearson uh, having the opportunity right away just because of the situation of that that wide receiver room. How do you think Reggie Wayne, uh, you know, being back in Indy, and you obviously, I, I know you, you talked about your age uh, before the show. You actually covered Reggie, Reggie for crying out loud. <laughs> And I used to call him old, so uh, I don't, I don't <laughs> want to throw any shots there. But how do you think his impact in that wide receiver room with the guys being so young and it's, you know, a, a, a position where everybody have their eyes on? I mean, it's been some that Chris Ballard's talked about, Coach Wright, you know, been openly talking about it. How do you think um, what he brings to the table will impact that room? You know, ideally, I think you'd like to have a player in in, in the in the room receiver's room, cornerback room, whatever to where you can say this is how he does it, watch him. Well, they don't have that presence. I mean, Michael Pittman, this is his third year. So Reggie's a guy that's sort of, he's been there, he's done that. It's not like a couple years ago they had uh, Tom Rathman as a running backs coach. Great player in his time, but I'm not sure the players really knew of Tom Rathman. Well, these guys know Reggie. It's not like he's been gone that long. And he's such an icon in the building. It's going to be huge. One thing that I asked Reggie about when we talked to him, I think it was last week or two weeks ago, about it, as a coach, how do you coach guys knowing 
that they're not you, they can't do what you do. And he admitted that. That's one thing Chris Ballard said early on is, remember, 87, these guys aren't you. They can't do what you've done. But he can he can school them on how to do it, how to really be in the details, and, and not let your, your you know footwork and timing and leverage and all that. I mean, there's no better teacher than Reggie Wayne. It was I remember one of the first decisions they made in 2012 when Andrew Luck was here. It was do you re-sign Reggie Wayne, who was certainly at the near the end of his career, or Pierre Garçon, who was just beginning his career. And Pierre had a much brighter or longer future than Reggie would. They went with Reggie because they wanted Andrew Luck to have a guy that he could lean on and, and trust. I guess trust is the best word. And that's what did, and that's what Reggie gives you. He gives you the trust factor. And he's always, as you know, Gerard, he's always got a great personality. He's a great people person, interacts well. If these guys listen, Reggie will impart information and knowledge. And there's I don't see any downside to Reggie because he, he's been there, he's done that at a Hall of Fame level. And I think this is a room that can learn greatly from Reggie Wayne. You talked about earlier about how the wide receiver room doesn't have a lot of veteran depth there that they're going to have to really, like you said, focus on on Reggie Wayne. But Ballard did do something surprising. He was a little bit more aggressive during free agency this year than he has in the past. You know, getting guys like uh, trading for Yannick and 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 going and getting Matt Ryan, which was unbelievable in my opinion on on the value. Uh, that he got out of this draft pick and getting him. And then, of course, uh, Stephon Gilmore. Uh, how important do you think uh, those guys that he grabbed uh, off the free agent market, those veterans will be to these young guys that are coming in this year? It'll be huge. And what he did, he we always looked at going into the offseason, you know, what what are the key key areas you got you got to address? And they were all the the, the big point areas quarterback, left tackle, edge pass rusher, cornerback, receiver. I still don't think they've done enough at receiver. I think they still need a veteran guy. We'll see. I think T.Y. Hilton is still in play. But just adding, you know, to, to get Yannick Nagakwe, it costs you a rock you sin, the starting corner. So they created they, they created a hold at, at, at cornerback. But without, without smearing – Gerard Powers, I'll take an edge pass rusher over a cornerback every day. I just, <laughs> I just will. I, I think a pass rush solves so many issues. I don't care how, you know, really quality your corners are. And we've had, we, the Colts have had quality corners here. What they've lacked recently is that edge pass rusher. And Nagakwe gives him that. He's going to make the corners better. And Stefan Gilmore, I'm guessing he's not the 2019 Defensive Player of the Year player, but he played pretty well at the end of last year when he when he w- was traded. So I, I think they've really upgraded all those positions. Left tackle again, I'm still a bit nervous at. But one thing people need to understand, and, and I don't go too deep into this because this isn't rookie minicamp. But the decision to 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 to, to trade Carson Wentz after one season. That's incredible. And that was going to happen. The way the season went, it was going to happen. Playoffs, no playoffs. They, they they saw things they weren't happy with. When they 
made the decision to trade Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan was not available. They, they, they were prepared to either cut or trade Carson Wentz, not knowing who his backup was, or not backup who his replacement was. So that told you, it told me all I need to know about where they were with Carson Wentz. And then about a week or so later after they make the deal, Matt Ryan's available because of Atlanta pursuing Deshaun Watson. So it just shows you that they, they really, they addressed the, so many major issues, you know, receiver in the draft, tight end in the draft. They're really approaching this season like, darn it, we need to get back together. We need to be a playoff team. We need to win the AFC South. And by and large, they've, they've done the positions they needed to, to do, except for left tackle. And that that's where I was going at with, with my next question. I was, uh, you know, sitting here thinking when the offseason started, it was just like, like, man, what is Chris Ballard going to do, you know, with this situation? It was the first time I ever seen anything out of the coach organization where, you know, they were openly talking about, you know, things that they were happy with, not happy with, you know, Jim Ursay coming out and saying that we got a problem, you know, at the quarterback position or whatnot. Um, never in a disrespect. I didn't think it was ever at a disrespectful uh, way, but just openly talking about the business side of it and what you're thinking, it was kind of a shock to me. Uh, but we were just sitting here thinking, like, man, what is Chris Ballard going to do? You know, how is he going to replace Carson? What quarterback is out there? What's going to fit, you know, the coach roster and this and that? And it, it just seems like everything played, you know, into place. And he capitalized on every opportunity that came after that, you know, getting rid of the entire contract with Carson, you know, playing his cards right where Matt Ryan falls in his lap. Then Stefan Gilmore falls in the lap. So it just seemed like an offseason where things went well. Do you think Chris Ballard thinks that this draft, how important this draft was, especially in trying to find uh, young players to fill certain needs? Do you think he hit a home run uh, with the draft as a whole? I know it's, um, you know, still young and the guys haven't played or anything, but on paper, does it seem like he hit a home run with the draft? Yeah, we always look at, you know, I, I would be a terrible GM because I'd be drafting all the time for need. I just would. I need a receiver. I'll take this guy. I need a left tackle. And that gets you in trouble because you're reaching all over the place. But they, they needed a receiver, and, and Pierce is sort of who they had targeted. They knew they weren't going to get one of the top four or five guys. But they even traded back from 42, and, and then they got the left tackle, Raymond, with, with the, the pick they got. And they needed a tight end. They, they just And they got two. They got Ogletree, who's another 6'5 guy. If, if they've got the right players, yes, a home run, we'll see. I mean, to me, a home run, it almost has to involve a quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> it, it just does. But but they've hit on players that they think can help them. He considered these four uh, second and third round players a starter quality. Nick Cross, he think he, he can push for playing time and, and, and be a starter. So, But they've got to step up. They, they need to have these guys do something early. Again, the receiver courts, Michael Pittman, and then – the, the, the stat that I just wear out is the other receivers coming back, not named Pittman, had 28 catches last year for like 380 yards. That, you, you just can't you, – you can't ask Matt Ryan to come in unless you help him with, with a good supporting cast. And that's why get that receiver room in shape, get some tight ends. The tight ends really weren't big factors last year. Jack Doyle was at the end, and they didn't get much out of Kylan Granson as a rookie. So they, they really want Matt Ryan to be, I'm not saying a game manager at all. That, that's, that's just a 
slap in the face I won't do. But don't have to throw for 350 and three touchdowns every week. You've got a running game, for crying out loud. You've got Jonathan Taylor, if not the best, one of the best running backs in the league. But you need to have more than Michael Pittman. You need to have more than Moali Cox. And if they can just get something, you know, 50 catches from Alec Pierce for six, six, 700 yards and get that tight end threat. Frank Reich loves to use tight ends, uh, mismatches down the field, and they're key in the, run, in the running game. People need to watch some tape of Jonathan Taylor's big runs and watch Jack Doyle's blocks on those. He was great at it. So, yes, th- this is a very good uh, draft if these top three or four guys are what they believe they are. So I, I'm going to push back a little bit on the whole quarterback draft has to be a, uh, have to have a quarterback for a homer. I think the 2018 draft for Ballard was a, was a homer. Um, yeah, you, you say that now they've got to pay that guard $20 million. So, right. Right. Or yeah, more. That's, you that's, never that's know. <laughs> but I mean, that's what happens when you have great drafts. Right. Um, but, um, Going back to Ballard, and you you just got done talking about you know how you would go need all the time, and we just talked about how Ballard has been so patient uh, with his drafting. You've been patient in free agency as well. I mean, we sat here and watched how patient he's been uh, these five years, and this year, you know, he somehow still came up with a a lot of good talent in free agency. Apparently, you know, being patient, trading back, as you said. Uh, to get guys, still being patient though, but still getting his guys. From from the uh, the video they posted about their draft thing, it, it kind of seemed like they they got their three three of their top guys uh, after trading back, which is kind of like what you know. Um, how my question to you is: over the years that you have been uh, covering the Indianapolis Colts, where would you rank Ballard when it comes to how? Uh, patient he is compared to to the other GMs that you have seen. More more patient than Ryan Grigson, and that's not a slap at Ryan Grigson. Uh, it's hard to compare him with Bill Polding because Bill was normally after they got things established, he's drafting 28, 29, 30, you know, 32 mm-hmm. the one year. So but but he was patient too. Remember they traded back once, twice, maybe three times for Bob Sanders. So, of course, Bob Sanders was had the injury at the time. But he's got he's got his way of doing things. It drives people crazy sometimes. It really does. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but he sticks with his guns. He, he really drives us crazy in the offseason with free agency because he is simply not going to overpay for players. And he knows it's going to cost him players. We always joke that here, here's a GM – Here's a GM with an owner who basically says, here's my money. Go spend it. I mean, how many GMs have a guy like that? And Chris says, no, that's okay. We're going to hold firm. He said there's been a couple times where he almost pulled the trigger on a big-name guy at a big contract. He didn't. And he said it worked out well for us because that guy didn't pan out. And, and I don't know what, what the batting average is in, in free agency, 50-50 maybe. And when you miss on those top-end guys, it costs you. It costs you performance on the field, and it costs you money you don't recoup and dead money. So he, he's got a way of doing things. Bill, but but it's, i tell you, one thing where he and Bill are very similar is if you hit on a player in the draft, you re-sign them. You, you draft your own, 
except for Gerard. Weren't you not there for four years, Gerard? I can't remember. Yeah, I was. I was actually in contract talks uh, before the firing, and then when the GM and they cleaned house and Grixon came in, you know, he wanted his guys, and I was kind of left to go into free agency, right. which is understandable. Right, but 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 generally, when 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 there's stability, you draft your own, you develop your own, and you resign your own. You know, Darius Leonard, Braden Smith, Naheem Hines, on and on and on. That's what you do. And Bill Polling was the same way. It was the same way with Peyton. Of course, Peyton, take him out of the mix. But Tarek Glenn and Jeff Saturday, who wasn't a draft pick, but the guy they brought in, Dwight Feeney, Mathis, Ryan Dean, on and on and on. They re-signed their own. And that that's where that's how you build a team. Then you use free agency to fill holes. You, you need an edge pass rusher, which these guys do every year because they've missed, quite frankly, on on, on those draft picks. Mm-hmm. But but re-sign your own and use free agency to, to sort of fill holes, not use free agency as a way to build your roster because that teams that do that seem like they're doing that every other year and it's just a recipe for disaster. Uh, the last question I got for you, my guy, is uh, you had mentioned about just still thinking that, you know, something needs to be done in that wide receiver room. Is there a wide receiver out there right now that you would think fit the coach culture, fit the coach system? Because uh, like you said, you want Matt Ryan to have some type of uh, guy out there of insurance. You know, that's just been his background from Tony Gonzalez to Julio and all those guys. He's always had a player to where he knew he can go here and the job is going to be done. Is there a player out there that, you know, might be in talks and just waiting to see how things pan out that you think can fit what uh, Coach Wright want to do? I keep going back and forth on T.Y. Hilton. Early in offseason, I said I thought they'd re-sign him, and then I thought not. Now I'm back on the re-signing. I think he's the guy they bring in. We talked to Chris uh, before minicamp, and he said we're going to sort of see. He said he's still he can still play. You know, we still, we're still interested. We want to see how rookie minicamp does, which I'm not sure what you're going to see in rookie minicamp to, to change your mind. With T.Y., I, 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 he would have to, he simply has to accept the fact what his role would be. He, he primarily is going to be a third-down guy out of the slot. You know, Alec Pierce is initially is not going to be a slot guy. Uh, Jarvis Landry, I thought, would be an option. Well, no. I really don't think they're going to look at Julio Jones. I just don't. I know that's what everybody wants. I just think that that they, I don't think they believe he's got enough left. So to me, if they bring in a veteran, it's going to be T.Y. Hilton. And I think they need that presence. T.Y. has developed into such a leader in the locker room and in the room. I think, now you can't bring T.Y. back to be a coach. That's what Reggie is. Only right. bring T.Y. back if you think he can give you quality minutes and quality snaps and play if you think he can and will accept the fact that he's not the alpha dog that he's always been i resigned ty at what's going to be a modest contract you say that and i think that's a great great point and then you know just thinking in a full circle moment you know ty's rookie year the guy in his room was reggie and he had somebody to learn from and you know how to do all that so it'll be a great thing to have a guy in the room as successful as ty with one organization of where the guys can look to because of familiarity uh, because of ty being uh in that room uh previous years with uh some of those guys anyway so that that's and he's, on, and he's on the field with he, he's practicing with it. He, he's it's not where the coach has to walk to 
the guys on the field with you and he can sort of show you this is what we're doing. I, I think Reggie's important. Having a guy stand alongside you in the in the line to in, in drills has got to be invaluable. Well, it's not just that. I mean, like TY's a guy who will, you know, you watch him to learn, you know, how to be a professional as well. When when other teams are out there during training camp and practices and stuff like that, and other guys are out there doing their their drills and stuff, TY's on the sideline running individuals, you know, you know, got got a guy sitting there throwing him passes and stuff, you know, while he's he's doing certain things. Uh, that's that's an invaluable thing when you have a very very young roster. He's not necessarily coaching him, but he's just being that guy that you know uh, teaching by example. So that's that's a big big sure. thing as well. But again, he's got he's got to be a guy that can be effective on the field, mm-hmm. or I think it can be a distraction to bring a guy in who you're wondering. Well, you know, every other week we're asking Frank, well, what's up with Ty? Why isn't Ty getting the ball? I'm not saying Ty would be the distraction. I don't think. But I think if they believe he can be a player, you bring him back. Is there a little bit of concern about T.Y. with uh, specifically with you with the, the the injury history that he's had over the last few years? Yeah, it's not one year; it's like two or three years. And, mm-hmm. and at some point, you know, you've got you get older, and, and and you know the body isn't what it used to be. And the injury last year, the primary one was that remember the the disc injury in the neck that took surgery. Mm-hmm. You know, and he even considered. He told us he thought. Maybe it's time to, to walk away because you're talking your neck. Mm-hmm. But he, but you know he's had, he's had the hamstring and the quads. Uh, but again, if he's going to play a lesser role, maybe fewer snaps eases eases that. I you take all that into account, and I, I sort of think it, it. This is the best place for Ty because if he was going somewhere else, I think he would already be there. If there was a market for Ty Hilton, I think he would have already gone there. This is the ideal place. Come back one year, have that good year, and then prepare yourself for the Ring of Honor. Well, thank you, Mike, for joining. I appreciate that. Uh, Why don't you take a moment, let everybody know a little bit about you, where they can find you and your work. But My Twitter's uh, mchapel51, and I post my stuff on fox59cbs4.com. Again, I've been doing this since '84. What year were you born, Gerard? 87. Let's see that. So a long time. So it, 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 it's, again, what I, what I think is cool is, is when we get a chance to do things like this and I run into Gerard other places is to reconnect with guys. Cause so, you know, it, it, it's, it's not always an us versus them mentality, but there's so many good guys that come through the locker room and when they're gone, they're gone. I mean, I've had a chance to reconnect with Gerard. Antoine Bethay, people like that, great people. Uh, uh, Darius, you know, Darius, but Darius Butler we've had come back and all this. Great guys that, that you can get some kind of connection in the room, and then they make a move when they're gone. So I've been very fortunate to, to keep in contact, and I enjoy, I enjoy the interaction with players. I just do. By and large, they're great guys. And, you know, by the way, they've got a life outside of football. It's always great to see guys – doing things after football because there are examples of guys for whatever reason who don't. So kudos to you, Gerard, and and keep doing a good job. Appreciate you, my man. I appreciate you taking time out. I'm definitely going to be in contact with you during the season about coming back on the show. So I really appreciate you. Whatever you need me, give me a dial. We'll do it. Appreciate it. 
Thank you so much for watching this episode of Believe in Colts brought to you by Bet Online. That was Mike Chapel. I'm Lawrence Owen with my guy Gerard Powers. And until next time, as usual, go Colts. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.